What's up, world? You are now listening to another episode of the Power Post Game Report, where we are here to talk all things power. We are here to discuss episode 8 of season 3, book 2 of Ghost, entitled Sacrifice. I, of course, am one half of your host, Triple D, and with me as always is... This is Carlos D. What's up? Not much, man. This was a this one was a doozy, but it, it only made sense because it's getting time getting time to wrap this season up. How did you feel about this one? Yeah, a lot was going on. Um, this week, I only got a, a handful of complaints. I know I say this almost every week. There's always some complaints. Um, there's just one storyline I think does not belong in this show anymore. But for the rest of them, I think they moved them along nice, a good pattern. A lot happened, some twists and some turns, and a, a, you know, a shocking surprise. Uh, but overall, like I said, we going into the home stretch. It was a good episode, and it's um, leaves some room to grow for these last two. But I know they're going this one on something hot. Yeah, I have a feeling I, I know exactly which storyline um, you're talking about. But we'll uh, I'll leave it, and uh, we'll we'll get there organically. Um, you ready to dive in? Let's go, man. All right. So this episode picks up with a, a sad Davis. His brother has all but disowned him after recent events and um we get him sulking on a rooftop now the funny thing about this was i was under the impression that he had been given the news about sax and this is this was executed great on um writing and production because it's really ominous and with us knowing that Tariq knows sax is a mole um on top of sax getting this phone call where he gets really serious out of nowhere i'm off top, I'm thinking, uh-oh, he's about to throw sacks off this roof. <laughs> um, but this is not the case. This is him learning that uh, Diana Tejada has been arrested, um, which takes us to a scene where Monet is right back to crapping on Diana. Um, the girl's been arrested and has been gone out of the house for maybe 10, 15 minutes, and she's already talking about how uh, Diana will probably sell them out and because of everything she's done. Um, but them just kind of assuring her that, um, you know, Diana's, Diana's smart and she's tough. She'll hold it down. How did you feel about our opening scene? Uh, yeah, I mean, I just had a, yeah, one thing. I was, I was thinking about, like, Davis. And I get it, he's not, like, a doctor or something. But I was thinking, do lawyers always need to be, like, sober for situations like this? Because, like, he was clearly drunk and out of place and he had a serious client issue. And um, I was that made me think about that. Like I know we know some lawyer, you know we got some lawyer friends, and I know they get drunk. But I was just thinking, but they don't do the kind of the same kind of law as Davis. But anyway, uh, so that was what I was thinking the whole time the scene was going on, like when he was up there drunk on the roof. And then as far as Monet, I think that was a pattern throughout this entire episode when it came to Diana. Her brothers and her mom did not seem that concerned about her well being at all. <laughs> they no. had so many other like trivial things that they were doing while their sister was literally in the custody of the police. Um. Or, and their daughter. And, of course, Monet made it about herself. Selfish. Um, all she was thinking about was Diana's going to fold because of her treatment. And then making excuses to why she treated her so bad. Even though she was treating the girl bad long before Zeke died. Um, so, you know, it was typical Monet. Typical Diana is, like, the least important person in their lives. Um, and I think that that probably will make me showcase um, how important she was to Lorenzo compared to her two brothers and the way her mom... But not definitely the way Monet teachers treats her, and to a lesser extent, the way her brother treated her, especially in this particular episode. I thought she was like an afterthought. It was crazy. Um, 
but there's a lot of moving pieces in this opening scene back and forth between Monet, uh, the jail where, well, holding cell, I should say, where, um, team Rico is putting, putting pressure on Diana, um, to, you know, to give them anything, which again, as we spoke on last week, this was the smart play to separate her from them. Um, we also get Tariq delivering the news to everyone that they're part of Rico. Um, and this is, this was, I, I probably would have uh, joined you in the, the conversation of like, man, maybe lawyers should watch their drinking because Davis gets the news and he goes and grabs a gun, which right. is just like out of control. Right. I was like, that's, that's not an option for you. Like, you know, this, like, that's not an option for you. But um, my guess is I'm pretty sure uh, method man had a clause in his track or in his contract. Where he's like, I need to hold a gun at least once. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause that's all that really served. Um, right. So, just because you know, yeah, yeah. As smart as he was, he know he would never do anything with a weapon, uh, especially just spur the moment. Uh, so yeah, I, I think they were just kind of like for shock value more than anything. It didn't exactly. come off as realistic. Exactly. Uh, while this is going down, so you know, Davis is now on his way to uh, intercept Sachs, who is volunteered so generously to represent Diana. But at the same time, it's like when you brought up that question, I was like, that's actually pretty smart. It's probably why Sachs was like, let me go. Um, because it's not a good look for Davis to show up drunk because, you know, anybody on the opposing side could use that against him. Um, Actually, more, he did it more because he didn't want Davis to help her. He that, yeah, for sure. Her. For sure. How Without like, a doubt. Where does the conflict of interest come in? And I oh, think yeah. they finally talk about the ethics of it all. Because I was like, how could it possibly be that your lawyer could be working for you but also is a part of the, you know, is a, is a CI for a task force is trying to put you and your family away. I don't know how that could be legal or any type of level. Um, so I'm surprised that they were doing, but I said, you know, Sullivan and them, they showed throughout this episode are not our shady people. Uh, and she, even Blanca was like, this doesn't make any sense. Like when she found out about the fact that Sachs was going to represent Diana and was involved, she was like, no, nah, no, nah, we about to lose our case off some foolishness. And they, you know, assured her that everything was going to up and up. But I was like, how could that be possible? How could, you know, how could your lawyer be working against you? Right. Um, so, yeah, it was, I mean, a lot was going on. It was like a lot of quick back and forth in this first uh-huh. five or ten minutes of the show when they was just kind of setting up all these different things that were going to play out throughout the show. Uh, and one thing I say for Diana in these opening scenes, she was not folding. She was not scared. Anything they gave her, she had a quick response for. Uh, so she definitely was well trained. You know, they, she is her mother and father's daughter because. Anything Sullivan or um, Blanca try to do to try to get her to flip or get her, she was like, no, nah, y'all don't got nothing on me. And if y'all do, you know, the thing everybody should say to police, instead of talking to police and helping them or thinking that you can talk your way out or whatever it is, if the police ever take you in, say either arrest me or let me go. That should be the end of the story. Or lawyer. But don't don't ever be talking to the police freely because they only have to trick you. Right. Obviously, they need this for TV, but yes. Um so, again, they're trying to throw everything at her. Um, they bring up the professor's deaths. Um, they, the only thing that they uh, fully have on her is the drugs um, and the whole, you know, the whole locker, the drug locker thing from the security camp. But they don't have anything concrete on her specifically. So, nope. like, like you said, said she enough. exactly she did. She did everything right. Um, in the midst of this, we get Tariq dropping off the news to Monet and Drew. Um, again, just further, further cementing how serious Rico charges are. Um, and I'm sorry if I'm Tariq and I hear I'm under investigation for Rico, I'm not, I'm not about to go meet with my co-conspirators at their house in person. I don't like text them, come meet me somewhere. 
Uh, but if he getting followed, that's just kind of more linking them all together. Uh, so that, that part true. makes sense to me. I feel you, but like I think it, I think it's partially panic, and I also think it's partially the the fact that he he had to let them know that you know this was coming, especially like once he found out that Diana got arrested. Um, so I'm guessing like nine times out of ten, the the thought process was if they're focused on her, he's like he I, he has to let them know so that they don't do anything too wild and like they all can get on the same page. Um, so in the midst of this, this, this was, this was point one of like what you exactly said. Like, yeah, they don't, they're not that concerned because, um, Kane stops by Effie's place. to like, you know, trying to get, get an idea of like, you know, what's going on. Hey, this is going on. This is, you know, they just arrested my sister. He doesn't know about the Rico at this point. The main thing is he's trying to get some info to help. His, his sister, sister out. Well, that was the point. The whole reason he left the house and went to allegedly <laughs> went to Stansfield was because he's trying to figure out what's going on on campus. You know what they may be saying, what they might know. Um, and yeah, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off, but this is no, you're right. Exactly the point where all it took was a halfway black bat in her eyes and a kiss for him to say "fuck my sister," and not only did he not leave, he stayed the night. <laughs> yep. Like, yep. Diana could have been in jail doing God knows what you know giving up all the details and this man was just in jail not doing anything to help her or support her now granted you know he's not gonna go break her out of jail and it's not only so much he could be doing for her but at the same time i'm sorry my sister i probably wouldn't be that horny you know my mind would be on let me go get some cheeks when my sister <laughs> is yeah, you know yeah, entirely too much facing years you know yeah entirely too much faith in her ability to hold it down she's like, she'll be fine i i, I got some time she'll at least make it a night in there right. like i i can handle this this is no problem but yeah, it was hilarious to me. Yeah, because all I'm saying, Mac and worked. He he got his goal. This is true. Um, yeah, he, he had to cross that finish line. Yeah. One thing I will say though, I think he, I think the feelings may be legit and real. Um, because I think he, the fact that he was sweet and stayed the night, shows that it's not about just oh get one over on Tariq. So I think at the beginning, I think a lot of that might have been just like oh that's Tariq's girl, I'm messing with her because he got a. And you can see even in this episode. He was still making slide and slick comments to Tariq, even when Tariq was trying to do stuff, everything to help the entire family. You know, he was making it making it about his still not like a Tariq, calling them little names, saying little little right. slick comments. Um, so I thought at first that was what this was about, but I think he may have some true intentions or feelings for Effie based on his actions, at least in this episode. Exactly. So the last act of the night before the morning after, uh, we get Davis and Sachs co-counseling question you know quotation marks um trying to get effie not effie excuse me trying to get diana to say something but also on the other side not say a word so um davis goes hail mary and spills the coffee on sacks and passes diana a note and the so far the scheme is pin it on effie like point point sacks in the direction of effie and let us do the rest mm-hmm. um initially what did you think when you saw that note? Like, did you did you think master plan or did you think Effie's going under the bus? I I, I thought more Effie's going under the bus, mm-hmm. um, just because of all her and Tariq's interactions lately. Tariq has been like really against her, not really trying to let her back in. So I thought possibly this might be real. Maybe they say, "Oh, she's the weakest link." Let's try to get her out of here, and then we can kind of keep doing things without her. Um, so it was a nice little. I'll, I'll give them credit. They gave me a little twist. Um, and we'll talk about the twist when we get to the twist part. Indeed. So, what were your initial thoughts? Did you think 
Legit. I thought she was going under the bus too, especially mm-hmm. after the way they built it up off the uh, on the next episode of Power from last week. Mm-hmm. I thought she was. I thought she was going to be the sacrificial pawn. Um. Yeah, so I thought it was like okay, well they're gonna they're gonna give her up to you know to get, to save themselves, which I wouldn't put past any of them. Uh, I wouldn't but, put it past uh, her if it was reversed. Exactly as she states, she's done later. it before. Yeah, exactly. Literally, literally. Um. So from there, we get the next morning. Uh, Tariq shows up and he's like, "Look, I need his part of the plan." He's like, "I you want back in? Um, I need." Like, I need something taken care of. And I like the way this played out because initially she's like, well, you you trying to play me um, and like you trying to get me to do odd jobs like some corner boy stuff. And he's like, no, like things are hot right now between the Russians um, and our a lot of our guys got killed. And it's like, I need someone that knows what they're doing. I like the fact that despite her throwing the first shot, she knew that that was the right move. Like, yeah, you're right. Things are hot. So, like, you know, she was professional about it. Um, And, of course, we got we got Kane hiding in the bathroom. Anything on that? And you want to take it to uh, Monet and the Castillos? Uh, yeah, I don't really have anything on it. Um, But, like I said, this this kind of further what I thought was when it came to the setup. The fact he was, like, giving her, like, random tasks that he wouldn't normally give her. Or it wasn't things that she regularly did. I thought that was more part of um the twist that they were actually trying to put it on her. And get Effie out of it. And I thought Kane actually hearing it was going to end up blowing it up. Um, and I, th- I thought that's what they was trying to set up. Um, but, you know, we know that's not how it worked out. Um, but as far as the, the next scene, we meet the Castillos. Is it Castillos? Castillos? Yeah. It is. Um, but Monet is telling them that we need to shut down the business. She lets them know that they are under an investigation. And right now, that other family is not really involved. They don't, they don't, there's no connection. How she knows this, who knows? Because uh, they don't really know what the Rico people know. All they know is that Tariq has told them that they're on the investigation. Uh, but she likes to let them know we're shutting down the business. We need to slow it down. And, of course, the hot-headed uh, brother is like, nah, y'all not giving me enough information. If y'all can't give me and tell us what the full story is, we're not shutting down anything. Um, but the mom was, was level-headed. And I think she's been one of the most level-headed people in this show. And realized, like, it's too dangerous. What they're doing is correct. And we are um, partners. You know, we're, for right now, we're still in it fully with the Tejada, so if they say we need to slow it down, we're going to slow it down. And then I thought they was going to not even say, bring it up Gordo at all, because they were like, okay, the meeting is over, look like they was leading the house. And then all of a sudden they do say, you know, hey, we haven't seen Gordo in a while, he's not answering his phone, this is a big meeting for us, he's not here. What's going on with Gordo? Do you know where he is? And I thought Drew did a horrible job of playing it all. Yeah. And I, I mean, I guess that's what they was the design was, because it was like, bro. He's this, a way better actor than that. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, so I was like, this just sure. got to be just the way they wanted it to be. But he does not have a poker face at all. Um, and you can see from that moment, you see it throughout the course of the show, uh, Drew is not taking Gordo's death lightly. And granted, he's the one that committed it. And I guess he felt justified in doing it. Um, but when he finds out the truth, truth, I think this is going to be even more crazier. Now that I think he might be, before I was saying Diana, Diana, if, we, if Monet ever gets it, it's going to be Diana, Diana. It might be Drew now. Because he is really not taking this loss of Gordo well. Uh, so what do you think of kind of that interaction with the two families and, um, you know, talk a little bit about Gordo's disappearance. Um, pretty much the same. I like the fact that Monet, she, she gave them the heads up. They're like, look, things are, are like seriously hot right now. Um, I, I mean, hothead Castillo, I guess, you know, you need someone for some pushback. You could have dialed it back a little bit, but like, 
yeah, it was smart. Like things are 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 heavy right now. So like, let's keep you out of it. This way, um, if things blow over or things get too tough, she could still be like, you know, could you could you look out for us a little bit because we kept you we kept you out of this thing. Like we could have you know kept business going. Which I don't understand why Hothead Castillo, because I think he was the same one when the Russian thing was going down that he didn't want to stop business. And it's like, dude, like you're you're moving like season one Kane. Like you need to, you know, sometimes being inactive is is a good thing. Like, but yeah. And as far as the Gordo thing, like I absolutely agree. Um, it did kind of look like they were going to play it like, you know, they had no idea Gordo was gone. I'm ready. Gordo was just off doing his own thing. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, Drew did not hide it very well. Um, and I, you know, we'll chalk that up to how the scene was designed. Um, so from there, we get a really, really quick scene where Braden, <laughs> the quote unquote, honest crook, uh, he's trying to distance himself from the, from the firm because it's just like, he's still processing the gravity of, um, of the crime that's being committed under his family's court, you know, his family's business. And I think. And it's, it's one of those things where they bring up to him, it's like, well, you're a drug dealer. And I think it's like to Brayden, it's, it's almost sort of the Robin Hood aspect of it. He's like, yeah, I sell drugs to people who, who know they want drugs. Mm -hmm. You guys are robbing people who are trusting you with their life savings and have no idea. Like there's, there's a bit of a difference. It's all crime. But I think Braden's operating operating on the ethical level of there's there's still some lines you don't cross. Yeah. Um, but he's being forced to come back into the um, the the firm because uh, Monet want her money back um, because things are getting hot right now and they might need that that investment <clears throat> that investment, um, which we find out in the next scene where Kane comes home. And this is one of those times where, yes, Monet was was pretty much dunking on Kane. But in this particular instance, she was right. Like he made he, he made a bunch of bad moves. Um, the only thing he was right about was the fact that, like, she she constantly belittles him so that he in hopes that he'll never find out that he doesn't really need her. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But he gets the news of the Rico and um, their their plan is in motion. And he's like, so you really trying to set up Effie, which, you know, he's like, oh, I worked hard on this. I, I did some dirty macking. You don't need to know about that. But this I, I might have a real thing here. Um, how did you feel about those two scenes? Yeah, I, I, yeah just real quick on Kane. I mean, I'm glad he finally kind of stood up for himself um, because he finally told her, like, look, he's like, you're always kind of throwing me down, putting me down. And I'm I'm why I see a plan. It's not because I'm a literal idiot. It's just because. At some point, I'm going to outgrow you and outgrow these things. And I think you're just trying to keep me in her thumb. So he knows she's trying to manipulate him. And this is why I also thought that, like, their plan wasn't going to really work out. Because I was like, this man, based off his feelings for Effie, he's going to try to do something to warn her. Um, especially since, he, you know, his uh, from his point of view, is that they are trying to set her up. So I don't, they, sh they probably should have did a better job of letting him know what the full story was. Because he really could have blew up their plan. He almost did. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he could have, yeah. It, it, so I don't understand. I understand why they keep people in the dark of some certain situations. I understand why they would like not tell Effie, uh, because you know, it got to be realistic. And if she knows a part of the plan, it might not work. But why not? Why keep him in the dark? Other than you know, Monet being manipulative as usual. 
Um, so I mean, that, that's that's kind of enough. Yeah. So that, and then the quick scene about Braden, I agree with you. Which said, I think he can justify the drug dealing because uh, he doesn't see the. I think one, he doesn't see. Uh, the effects of the people that do the drugs. He never actually sees people do drugs. He just kind of right. sells them. And he also is on the thing like, these are people voluntarily wanting to do drugs. They, Like you said, they this is something they choose to do. This is something they want to do, whether they're addicts or not. This is not you blindly stealing money from people. So, you know, some people do have morals when it comes to certain things, even criminals. So, I mean, I guess I'm, I, I'm proud of Brayden for standing in his, in his, in his belief system, uh, even though it may be skewed in a lot of different areas. Yeah, so we get a, a real quick, scene with Brayden and Tariq pretty much exchanging their bombshells. Brayden now knows that there's a Rico. Tariq now knows that the Western firm is a Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, both uh, reasonably frustrated. Uh, but I like the the the, the line that Tariq uh, drops that is just like, I'm tired of playing defense. Like, we need to get on offense because we're getting screwed from all angles and it's time for us to get a point. Right. Um, how did you feel about that? I just like how everybody thinks it's Tariq's job to always have the plan. Because even Braden was like, well, you're the man with the plan. Figure something out. And I was like, why is it Tariq's job to be the mastermind in all these types of situations? Um, and granted, he like his daddy. He normally pulls through when, he, when his back against the wall. Um, but yeah, that, that's what I already got out of this episode. I mean, not this episode. The scene is that everybody just expects Tariq to fix the problem. No matter how big it is. No matter what difficult situation they may be in. It's always on Tariq to be the brains to fix it. And I think he does. Yeah, and I think that's it. Um, and partially because he's been the one delivering the news to everyone. So, like, he's had the info longer than anyone. Um, and because he's been, like, he's come through in the past, it's one of those things where it's just, like, you almost expect him to have something in his pocket because in the past he has. Um, which you can almost attribute that to, like, a little bit of shaky writing uh, with the speed that they pull plans out of their butt. Uh, but, yeah, it's kind of unfair. Um, granted, you know, Braden's Braden has pulled some some I'm not going to say low level, but lower than Tariq level uh, schemes himself. Um, but I think it's, you know, he just got hit with this and he's trying to figure out what to do about this Ponzi scheme. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, there Tariq is is tired of, you know, having his guard up. So he's he's ready to go on the offensive. Uh, we get a real quick scene where Monet runs up on Uncle Luke. Uh, at the golf resort go in go off um i I mean i just like the scene and the fact that monet does not care where she is what she's doing she's gonna be like the the boss of the room whether it be ignoring the you know the the poor country club staff member who's trying to tell her that she's not allowed here because she's not a member or or a guest um the way she just kind of was like look i don't know especially since we know that the uh, uncle weston is is low-key racist uh, doesn't think much of black people and had this black woman walk into his country club, uh, ignore everything, walk straight up to him and tell him, look, when, I don't care about you and how you deal with your other clients. When I call you, pick up the phone, anything I want you do. And if I want my money, you deliver it to me. And then uh, had the audacity to drink his drink. Um, it, it was hilarious to me. I, I love this scene. This is one of my favorite scenes of the entire season. Uh, and I just like how Monet is as is, is bad as she is as far as all her manipulation and her mothering and parenting skills. She is a boss and she does not take crap from people. Um, and, and I think in her line of work, that's the way you got to be. What do you think of it? Pretty much the same. I was just like, wow, it's a very quick scene, but it's impactful. Um, and we also get like a glimpse of uh, Lucas's his cockiness. Um, 
and he he does him not thinking well not thinking but him not really knowing that he's dealing with killers um he doesn't quite realize that he's he you could tell that years of screwing people over has given him this sense of cockiness where he's just like because oh. in his mind he's felt like he he kind of left that situation like well you know she got some some verbal licks in but in the end, I'm going to come out on top. We would find out later this is not the case. Um, but yeah, um, Monet playing the bold card of like, I'm going to walk into this very, very white establishment as black as possible and let them know that I'm the one in charge of this particular si situation. Um, so we'll see what comes of that. Those two directly. Um, so while this is going on, we get Davis's plan of putting Sachs onto Effie and him doing exactly what he, they expected and him uh, pretty much pointing the Rico task force onto Effie. And uh, we get, and this one, this kind of went over my head throughout the season, but um, Blanca gets frustrated because for as much as I've been play, praising Sachs for doing things for the right motivation, it, I forgot that Blanca has been playing this whole case clean because she knows firsthand what happens when you try to when you try to go about things on some backdoor stuff mm -hmm. from book one you usually get burned mm -hmm. so for her to find out that sullivan and um and sax had this little this little uh backdoor scheme um pisses her off rightfully so um and i I, I, I totally forgot. They're like, yeah, Blanca's trying to do this by the book so that they can't, you know, there's no wiggle room for them to get out of it. How did you feel about that? Oh, yeah, I mean, I agree. I think um, this is when they were kind of talking about Blanca was like, yo, y'all, how could this, could this blow up in our face? Is this messing us up? Um, because she has been all right. And like I said, she has been burned by chasing St. Patrick's in the past, not on the up and up and having it blow up in her face. And I, I think she just doesn't want to repeat. Um, she really is out to get this family and i think a lot of it is one they are bad people you know we forget as the people or the viewers they're, they're they're like not good people we root for them because they're the stars of the show but uh in her eyes she's right she's 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 trying to be righteous in taking some bad people off the street and she wants to make sure it sticks this time and the way that they're playing dirty legal uh, legal ways uh she doesn't want to risk that that blowing up in their face which i think would be very likely um if it ever really did go to trial indeed uh, so from there we get what we spoke of earlier. Um, we get Kane legit being sweet on Effie and, uh, having that, that conflict of, do I trust my mom and Tariq two people that I really don't like right now, but often, although they bash me, they, they tend, they have been right a few times in the past mm -hmm. or do I, you know, look out for my hopefully new boo and give her a heads up. So he's he's in the process of uh, wrestling with confessing to her when we get um, something I did not see coming, which was really well done on their part. Uh, we get Drew spazzing out in his room. Um, so he goes to see what's going on. And uh, we see that Everett has made history, fictional history at least, mm -hmm. and has come out publicly. And not only has he come out publicly, he has, you know, he's not hiding his significant other from the world. Um, we get we get our, our guy uh, who play, I don't know his actual name, um, who played Everett um, getting a check, getting that little quick check. 
because I thought he was done. I was like, this is a perfect send off, um, but really well done to, you know, bring him back to kind of obviously not on purpose, but to torment Drew um, and Jamel Hill showing up for another uh, spot, which I, I, you know, I appreciate that. Um, and he's hurt rightfully so um, because with his recent, you know, uh, trouble in paradise events, that was, that was obviously like the last thing he needed to see. Um, it, obviously it wasn't done on purpose, but like, it was one of those things where the universe was just like, let me just kick you while you're down real quick. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about that scene? And why don't you take us to the debate? I agree. I mean, I, uh, I think for one, every time I see Everett and they say he an NBA player, I'm like, I'm sorry. They couldn't find anybody that was even like the one thing about Zeke. He was big. He was believable that he could be like a basketball player. Everett is like the tiniest person I've ever seen. And they trying to make it seem like he's in the NBA. Uh, so every time I see him and they talk about his, him being a basketball player, it throws me off. Um, but yeah, I understand Drew's frustration. Um, Drew literally was begging Everett to kind of be out and open so they can possibly be together. And the fact that Everett uh, moved away and then is all of a sudden open and honest about who he is, uh, the thing that Drew couldn't get, and the thing also Drew just lost because he was finally able to have a good relationship. I mean, I can see why that set him off. Even though, once again, this was a selfish act. His sister is in in custody, and right. he's worried about his ex-boyfriend and going to get passed out drunk. Right. Um, so it was just kind of selfish. And I'm going to let you continue on. Realistically, um, you, you can't you can't have that with him. Not not with the life that you're in. You would have had to pull um, a Trevor and you would have had to separate yourself from your family to have that with him. Uh, but go on. Sorry. No, no, true. I mean, we, we know why Everett didn't want him. I'm not saying Everett was like not right in his justification um, because I'm just saying this is this is Drew's point of view. This is why he's yeah, hurt so for sure, much. For sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Uh, and then we go into the next scene and, and I'm going to tell you, this feels like a totally different show every time Tate shows up. These are the storylines I'm not vibing with. Every time I saw Tate in this episode, it wasn't really doing anything to advance any real story. It feels like they were going to give Tate his own show, and all these little storylines would have been great in his own show, but then when they decided to cancel it, they was like, "Let's look, we got some good ideas. Let's keep it in here. But whenever I see him show up, I don't care. I don't care about him, his congressional thing. I didn't care about the debate. Um, I didn't care about him trying to marry his woman. All this stuff was just like, extra background noise that they just kind of stuffed into this episode when it didn't really make sense to me um you got any thoughts on like tate's involvement in the show does he still belong here have we is it still useful for tate what you think Uh, um grand scheme probably not the only reason i i thought it was gonna fit was because uh part of part of tate getting that russian info that part of that deal was he wanted um, he wanted Davis to to slander his opponent. So I thought that was going to come into play here and then it didn't. Um, so I was like, OK. Um, and that's the thing, like if they're not going to. Like fully tie him into, I mean, I don't know, maybe. Well, actually, he kind of has to be because they they definitely put his name on the board during the Rico stuff. So like he has to be there. Uh, but. Uh, we'll, we'll skip we'll skip slightly ahead and then we'll go back um just kind of echoing off what you were talking about um this this is what i was talking about when you said there's one particular was this was this it for you the yeah. one storyline that the whole thing i don't care that yeah. all. It didn't taste about this entire episode 
Yeah, um, this whole Bennett and Tate thing being a thing, I was just like, there you didn't you didn't put any groundwork with yeah. this. Um, Why should we care? Yeah, like him calling her babe and everything after all of a sudden, and um, she sees through his BS, which I'm you know good, but at the same time, it's like. Again, this is one of those things you just kind of shoehorn in there, and you guys have done this for literally seasons between this one and um and book one. It's like I don't know when we're gonna learn that it's like this this screen time could be better served elsewhere. Um, so yeah, there you know there was no build up for it, so it's like why why should we care about Tate's love life? If if anything, just make Tate a pop in character who's only um needs to be involved with the main plot because yeah. the whole relationship thing and they've done unless something major happens they've done this actress who plays Bennett a disservice because I feel like she's just there at this point um you know I I'm all for people getting paid but I've heard nothing about but good things about her when she showed up I I don't I don't watch a ton of TV so I don't know I don't really recognize or from anything else um, that I can see. But a lot of people have said like they were so happy when she showed up, the actress, um, which I, I'm i sorry, I don't have her name in front of me. But um, if, you know, if she's a favorite like that, like let's let's give her something real to do. Um, so from here, we, and in between this, we get a scene back at the office where uh, Theo comes in and he's looking a little better. Um, so you're thinking that, you know, the... Um, the treatments are working, but mm-hmm. he comes in to apologize and that kind of lifts. Well, it should lift Davis's spirits, but Sax is there um, and he ain't, you know, he knows about Sax. So we get Sax being genuinely happy. Uh, we get Davis dismissing him and then him coming clean to uh, to Theo and Theo's pissed. Um, but we also find out that Theo's really about that because he's like, why is he alive? Mm-hmm. Like, what is he still doing here? And I'm like, damn, bro, you just got out. Like, you shouldn't be talking like that out loud in this office. Um, but I, and I think we get one of the best lines uh, from the episode. And it's him saying, like, we wouldn't be in this situation if you didn't feel like you always had to be the smartest person in the room, mm-hmm. which is perfect for Davis. You, you because you cleaned it up. You cleaned huh? it up. Say again. I said you edited it. You cleaned it up. Oh well, I mean, I'll let you repeat it. But <laughs> like, fine. It... This is a family show. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I mean, but the, the, I mean, not even to cut you off. But like, that's exactly what I got the most out of this scene. Like, one, I did think they this made the twist another twist in this episode really good because he did look a lot better as far as health wise than he had seen it in any other scene, any other recent scene. He looked like yeah. he was getting better. Um, and then like that, that, the line he said about him, not, that that's Davis's problem. Davis always thinks he's like too smart or too cool or too ahead of everybody else. And a lot of people think that, and that's yeah. supposed to be their downfall. Um, so his brother gave him some advice that a lot of people should have been telling him throughout this course of this season. I mean, the series, because Davis does always feel like he's always got the upper hand. Um, and we clear, we clearly see he was beat by sacks yeah. at least, at least temporarily, you know? Yeah. And it's, like so many other people in this show and other shows, it's like when you get to that point, when you automatically assume you're the smartest person in the room, it leaves you open to getting played because you don't think that anyone under, you know, you perceive as underneath you could be smart enough to get over on you. Right. Um, so from there, we get that, that Tate Bennett scene. Um, do we need to go into that? I feel like nah, we've talked it. We, we, got it. Uh, we get a, a heavy scene and it's pretty much Tariq coming clean to rsj 
um, about Weston Firm being a Ponzi scheme and um, him just being like, okay. And, you know, this is where that that kind of conflict thing comes in. It was just like, okay, well, I did everything the right way, so I have to handle it the right way. Mm-hmm. And he's like, let's call the SEC and we'll get this taken care of. And he's like, look, man, it's not that simple. Like, you're going to get what you lost back, but thousands of other people on a lower level, they're they're going to lose because nine times out of ten, it's going to get either swept under the rug or they don't have the means to pay for legal fees to actually get the win. So he, he kind of tempts him into, like, let's, let's handle this a different way. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also like the fact that Tariq no, – excuse me – um, well, Tariq kind of tells him like, look, man, you know, you're kind of, you're kind of on the hook for this. This isn't all my fault. Like I didn't know. Um, I'm an intern, like realistically, I shouldn't have been the one to sign you, <laughs> but right. that's just me. Uh, how did you feel about that scene? Yeah. I mean, I just noticed the R- RSJ was giving Tariq a little, a little hail. Um, and also I guess they shows that he is, you know, cause I keep waiting for something bad to happen or, or something bad to be about him. But he seemed like up on the up and up because he was like, no, we need to do this the right way. I didn't I didn't take cut short, like cut corners to get here. Um, you know, he wanted to do it kind of by the book. And it literally did take some convincing from Tariq to get him to go down another path. Um, but, yeah, I, I like that scene. I think it was a quick scene, but I, I, I really like their engagement. And I want to see what they're going to end up doing with RSG ultimately because I don't think this is the end of him. This is not the end of his story, just, you know, what, what happens later in the episode. So interesting scene. Indeed, indeed. So from there, we get surveillance on Effie. Uh, we get Sullivan telling Saxon, like, okay, we're, we're about to move on her. So if this goes through, you're exposed. Right. So, like, are you sure about this? Um, but then we get a really big scene. Um, we get Drew internet stalk, IG stalking, and sadly, in life, real life stalking Everett. Mm-hmm. And um, this was... This was that scene where it was like it made that first scene kind of strange to me, but it just was like, okay, maybe that's just how they want it played because Drew be acting. Drew is an actor. Um, And by Drew, I mean, you know, the character, the actor. And I don't know, um, maybe next season when we do these, maybe we'll we'll get a little bit better on naming the actors names. Um, I'll be honest, I'm not. I ain't going to do it. We're going to try a little bit. I'm going to try a little bit. I'm going to let you do that. I'm going to let you take charge of that. They drew to me. Uh, but he... Huh? I'm saying he's just going to be drew to me. I don't know uh, his real name. Uh, so he he breaks down. Um, he breaks down, and it's rough. Um, and, I mean, to a degree, kudos to Everett because... Very supportive. He, yeah, and he didn't have to be uh, yeah. because, we you know, a lot of NBA stars would have just been like, all right, sorry, all right. bro, and just walked out. All right, here's a celebrity. This man having a very public outburst, um, but he did the human thing, and he can can um, you know they did have a history together. I'm sure they had strong feelings for each other. I don't know if they were in love, but they had strong feelings for each other at one point when they were trying to at least try to be together. Uh, and that's human. Like if you really saw somebody you cared about at some point hurt and 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 down and out, I would hope that most people would comfort them the way he did, as opposed to what he really could have did was big time them and said, "I ain't got time for this craziness." You know, I'm I'm, I'm a public figure and could have walked off. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, definitely respect for Everett for just being human, even though, you know, Drew having an outburst was not the best look for the fam. Not at all, um, as we'll find out later. So um, on the outside of other side of this, uh, Effie gets pinched, but not really. 
Right. Um, this was a this was a really not well done swerve. Yeah, because um, they they gave it away. I was like, nah, this ain't gonna be real. Like as much as they had did a good job of building up the tension of is this really trying to get Effie? I was like, oh, this about to be some fluke stuff where they the the, the real the pearl plan is about to come out. Uh, they did not do a good job of setting the scene for me, uh, and I didn't mean to cut you up. But no, you what did you think of it? Um, it caught me off guard a little bit because all I kept thinking was like, how? Um, they're they're kind of short on manpower, and they don't they don't say a particular line that gives you the idea that they're gonna try and move it. This is this is um this is kind of misdirection, but it's like it's not well explained misdirection. Mm-hmm. Um. And I think the best part about it is you need Effie in the dark for a natural reaction to this. Right. Um, so, you know, it sucked for her, but it, it worked out in their favor overall, which was which was done really well. Um, we got to get Effie on a treadmill if she because if she got to run from the police <laughs> again, she got to do better. Yeah, she didn't get very far. It was a it was a brisk jog. Um, but you could tell this is this is a testament to how well she's done it at, you know, dodging suspicion in her, uh, in her career as a criminal. Um, so from there, uh, at the Castillo residence, Drew got TMZ'd. Um, he got shade roomed and that was rough because it's, it's, it's kind of, I don't want to say lazy, but it's realistic. People just be recording people nowadays. Yeah. Actually, they ain't got to be famous. If you have any type of emotional crisis in public, somebody's going to yep. record you. It, and unfortunately, the Castillo fam are seeing this, and they've put two and two together. Right. Saw the quick. Yeah. How did you feel about that? I and, mean, I think, like I said, I think it was a little, you know, easy writing to kind of set it up that way. Um, and like I said, they aren't really holding any secrets. So I feel like that's another thing they could have dragged out a little bit. Like, let them be a little bit suspicious now, and then maybe in... An episode or two, and I grant it, we only got two episodes left, so they couldn't drag it out so long. But I feel like a lot of the stuff they've been doing on the show has just been really rushed this year. And this was another example of it. Of them, like, it was like every episode, somebody at the start of the episode figures out by the end of the episode something big about, and, and it doesn't really drag out over time. I think they could have, just like they could have did Lorenzo's killer a little longer, they could have did um, Lorenzo uh, dragging a little bit longer, uh, not being, the Monod found out about Zeke. I feel like they just move a lot of these things too fast sometimes. And I think that's yeah. all I was really thinking. Yeah. Go ahead and go back to the uh, the Tejada residence with uh, Tariq trying to lay out the game plan and the uh, surprise visitor. Right. Uh, so there's another thing Tariq uh, lets him know that it worked. The plan worked. Uh, Kane is taking his little shots. This is why I made a note that Kane, once again, is like taking little shots at Tariq instead of just like being serious about the tasks. Uh, and, I, you know, I think that's going to end up burning him at some point. Like this thing where he's just obsessed with Tariq. And always trying to get someone up on him. I don't think it's going to work out long term for him. Uh, and then, of course, the mystery Jeff. Once again, Effie shows up. And I'm sorry. Well, she doesn't know they're under Rico right now. So I, I see why she went there. But another example. Why would she, if she knew, why would she go directly to the place that she shouldn't be going to? If she just literally was pinched by the cops as a part of their big business. Um, but she shows up and she seems understanding. They told her, look, we did what we did because we thought it was in the best move. Uh, we're wrong for keeping you in the dark. That was our bad. Um, but we felt like it was the right move at the right time. And Effie, uh, agrees with them and says she would have even did the same thing. Um, no, she's not a fool. I think she understands what her role is in this. Um, I don't know what that means for a long term, but she's going to try to separate herself from them. Well, that's what I was thinking in the moment. We of course know what happens towards the end of the episode, but that's what I'm thinking in the moment. It's like, what is Effie's next move? 
Does she double back down with them, even though they just kind of like put her up for sacrifice? Or does she try to find her while of this game as well? What'd you think of it? Um, it was it was pretty well done. Um, yeah, as you said, at some point, Kane is he's gonna do himself in trying to outdo Tariq. Um, but I I did I did enjoy the fact. Well, before I get to that sentiment, I, um, it was interesting that um. Monet seemed almost more comforting and apologetic to Effie than she's been to any of her kids, especially her own daughter. Mm-hmm. Um, like the way she she apologized, like, look, you know, we should have kept we should have let you know. But, you know, time was running out and this is this is what it is. Um, and Effie saying that, like, yeah, you know, I get it. Um, but being pissed off and rightfully so. Um, but at the same time, it's like, yeah, like this is probably like but worse this is this is sort of what Tariq went through when he found out what you did to Lauren. So it's like you you can be mad, but you can't be that mad. Um. So from there we get, uh, Sax seeing everything blow up in his face. It's sugar. They somehow relocated everything in time, and we pretty much just get a blaming match between Sax and Sullivan, um, which, um, you know. I, at no point does Sax not hold himself accountable for things he's done in the past, but I'm glad that he, he won, told Jenny that like, look, a lot of this is on you. Like we're here because of you and the way you've kind of handled things. And despite the fact that, you know, Sullivan felt like she had to get that last word. I'm glad Sax got the little counter punch. We're like, yeah, never again. Mm-hmm. Um, how did you feel about that? Yeah, I mean, oh, I- and go into, go to the parking lot. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I agree with you in the sense that, um, you know, Sax still. Sax, I mean, I, I feel like they just really kind of threw Sax under the bus. Like Sullivan showed that she didn't even really have any. I don't know if she had any feelings for Sax at all, or it was just some long game. Because she, at this point, thinks he's a part of it, even though it makes no sense because he really blew himself up to do it. And then at the end, says she can't even offer him even a lick of a protection, knowing that this man is, you know, basically has put his life on the line to try to assist her, and she seems to give no crap about what is next for him. Um, so I mean. I, I, like I said, Saxon's always been like shady, uh, but I think this one time he was trying to do the right thing for the right reasons, and sadly, the one time he does try to do something right, and I think even try to do it the right way, it blows up in his face. Well, not sadly because Saxon's yeah. ass. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. mean. Yeah, and we we predicted it right like episodes ago. And but then the next to, scene is him yeah. basically calling Tariq to let him know, look. Uh, and I, I still don't understand this part of it because I don't know why, what Sax's involvement with the witness protection program is that he's the only one that has the access to Tasha and Yaz and Grandma's location uh, but he basically makes a threat that if something happens to him Tariq may never see his family again well real uh, quick you got it real quick you got to remember he was the one that reached out to Tamika right but why can't he just go to Tamika and get that information he, he just I mean, put his grandma in the situation without this, connecting her with Tamika I mean he didn't make it to the car Oh, you talking about, well, no, um, I think that was part of Tamika's thing about it was just like, look, I'm not because Tamika's the only one who's like fully like, no, like, um, and plus once, once I'm pretty sure they know, like if something happens to Sax, they know for the most part, Tariq is going to be connected and they're damn, you know, they would damn sure keep him apart at that point. So like he kind of needs, he would, he would need Sax alive. To let them know that, like, yeah, I haven't been, at least on the surface level, I haven't been up to any shenanigans or shady shit. Um, So him being alive was a bargaining chip. 
Uh, but go, sorry, my bad. Go on. Um, no, no, no worries. But before he can even finish leaving the message or finishing his threat, uh, Theo pulls up, puts the gun to his head, and basically says, Hey, Sax, I know what the deal is, and you're coming with me. Uh, Sax tries to kind of bargain his way out, say, I'll just disappear, yada, yada, yada. But Theo's not going for it, and they uh, uncomfortably drive off um, with Theo kind of holding Sax hostage. And at that moment, I was like, oh, Theo's was really about that life when he was out. Um, but also, he's he's 100% dead set on protecting his brother, right. which, you know, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, so from here, we get the showdown where RSJ is tired of the BS. He confronts Uncle Luke. Um, and he pretty much lays down the law. He's like, look, I know. I got the info. Here's what's going to happen. You're going to give me my money. You're going to give Tariq his money. He almost forgot. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he cared that much about the hottest, but Braden was Right. <laughs> Braden was like, uh, excuse me, uh, um, I'm the one that got y'all this info. I, I kind of need what I need. Um, and he he's like, you 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 know, we've I've come up with a plan that you got, you're going to pay us back um, and you're going to keep your mouth shut. So they've gotten the one up on Uncle Luke. Um, not saying that he couldn't just blow everything up as if he wanted to, but you know he's a white guy, so he needs to secure himself before right. he can do that. I'm still curious um, how this all is gonna play out, though, because yeah, you know, okay, they get their money back, then what? Right. Um, I think th- there was two little things in here that kind of stuck out to me um, that were kind of funny. Uh, the first being that like there was a scene, the debate scene, where he's there with his uh, with his brother slash Braden's dad, and. I never realized how weird Lucas talks sometimes. He like he talks like a like a fantasy villain. Um and he's like, Do you have to talk like this? And then like in the meeting with RSJ, he was like, um, you know, I gotta say, you got me in between a rock and a hard place. You have me skewered like a suckling pig on a spitfire. And RSJ just gives him that that eye roll, like, what do you shut up? Like, what are you mm-hmm. talking about? Um and two, just and I think this is just me being a little too over observant. Um, this is a call back to probably episode one. Uh, Tariq sitting there in his suit and there's just um, on one of his collars, just Dior. A big, yeah, I, I noticed that like this <laughs> giant fashion plate. Yeah. Yeah. Weird. Like their product placement is very, sometimes it's smooth. Like um, when, when, uh, when Davis pulls up to the police station, at the beginning of the episode. I, yeah, I was like, oh, okay, all right, big money. But this was just like, you know, Dior. <laughs> yeah, this is, I mean, this seems just weird placement in general. Yeah. I mean, people like, I mean, people want people to know that they got high brands, I guess. But Yeah. It was, it was just like um, odd. It was very odd. Very. So from there, we get more of unnecessary scenes. Yeah. The only um, thing I liked about this scene was when he talked about uh, uh, Bruce Chandra's. I ain't looking at no interns. Oh. <laughs> Other than that, this right. whole scene could have been thrown in the garbage. It right. just feels like a completely different show. Well, the only thing it, it really served was that despite his newfound love interest, Tate is going to be Tate, and he's going to do what serves his best interest, which right. I think was, you know, in the mess that is the side story, that was a good point. That, like, he's not, you know, he does care for her genuinely, but, like, he still has his goals, and he's he's still determined, and he's right. still going to do what but, he, you know, what's best for what he wants in the long term. But that but would even come as, off stronger if, like, they had built this relationship better. 
exactly exactly like like who like who cares that she uh gives him the ultimatum and who cares that he's like okay i'm gonna pick my career and not losing over you i mean we don't care they haven't they haven't done nothing to build this relationship to be something that the fans should care about or, the, or somebody the viewers should care about uh so it it's, it doesn't come off as, as as impactful because they didn't do it right like one minute she's the teacher and then all of a sudden two episodes later we're supposed to care about there's some deep love between these two or we're supposed to believe that she would even have the power to make Tate be a different person. Exactly. Like, why would we believe that? It's just screen time eating up. Mm-hmm. Um, so after this, we get Tariq and Davis putting their heads together, trying to figure out where the world sax is. Um, he plays the voicemail for him. Um, and while this is going on, Davis gets a call from the treatment center. And um, apparently he, Theo ain't been going. Um, well, no, I think he had been going, but like he he didn't show up that day. So Davis is like, "Well, what in the world is going on here?" And they put two and two together that um, Theo has nabbed Sax. Um, anything on that in particular? Nah, it's a quick just scene. how quickly they solved it. They solved yeah. it like another another scene where they solved something in like two seconds. They literally got two small pieces of information. Like, oh well, this must be what it is, and they were right. Um, but yeah, that's all I have on it. Um, but also in that that exchange, like. Davis mentions that his brother's crazy, which like kind of leads me to, to wonder, like, damn, like, I wonder if he was I mean, we already know he, he quit to pull a gun. But like, was he really like wild, wild like that back in the day? Um, was Davis wild like that back in the day? Um, go ahead and and stick them into Raising Canaan at some point, like a little side story or something. I, I'd have to watch Raising Canaan, but um, I wouldn't mind it. Um, so from there, Diana's out. And doesn't even get a hug from her mother. They they write back to earlier season. I hate you. Get in the car. Right. This is going um, back to season one when she was talking to her mean in the car. And I thought I, I like the fact that I mean, obviously this was one of those naive moments on Diana's part because she's like, I want out of the family. I want to go go to Spelman. I want yeah because there's no boys. The boys right. are in another campus. Because boys get me in trouble. She, um, the only thing, only thing she was like, only thing she offered was a fresh slap upside her head. Right. I said Monet is the mother of the year in this scene. Her right. daughter literally stood tall for them once again. Is still technically facing charges, and all she get it, it is like desperately just like, Mom, please let me go and live a good life where I don't have to be arrested every other week or be worried right. about some type of negative in, in negative action taken against me. And all she get offered is violence. Yeah, Monet is but, a mess. The wildest part about that was like all I kept thinking was why does Diana think that she's done scot free? Like, yeah, they released you, but this Rico is still coming down. Like, just like Lauren, a normal life is a wrap for you. Like, that's not possible unless you know something wild happens. Like, yeah, I'm I'm gonna transfer again um, because that's <laughs> I was just like, why does she think she can just hop from school to school? like this um and not only that but like she just hit her up with the you can pay for it because i know you got the money it was like yeah monet would never do that for you like even if y'all were on good terms monet would never do that for you um but yeah i was just like damn she didn't even no sense of like uh relief like no comforting like she she walked out there like she picked her up from school like she like she left the principal's office that's how she handled that I was like, goodness, mother of the year, Monet, just like you said. Um, from there, uh, my only note is, do we have time 
for Effie and Kane? Apparently, they 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 want us into it, um, and you know we get a quick, uh, you know, start of a love making scene. Um, and I know a lot. And this one thing, let me real quick. I'm not, I'm not gonna take a lot of time on this, but these people that's on the internet constantly complaining about the Drew love scenes, y'all need to chill out, bro. Like, yeah. if you don't want to watch it, just fast forward through it. Like, why are you so triggered by these Drew love scenes? And I, I always tell anybody that's overly. You know, and I may be reaching when it comes to this. Anytime I find people that are overly upset about any type of any type of thing that is like um, not heterosexual or or, or or is outside, I feel like you just afraid that you're secretly gonna get turned on by this. You fighting a lot of internal demons, and the reason why you hate these scenes is because you think once I'm gonna be watching the scene and see Drew making out with some man, and I'm gonna start getting aroused, and that's why I hate him so much. But y'all gotta start chilling out about that. Um, pretty much and then so you know we get a, a, a nice little start to a sex scene and and maybe i be don't be thinking about stuff like this but why was that the time to have a deep talk about <laughs> about what happened with the whole arrest situation they like I in mean, the middle getting it in and they like well let's take a break to start talking about our feelings and i was and like that didn't make continue. no sense <laughs> right it was the same thing with the uh the kiki uh braden thing right it was like literally literally one second after finishing god I'm so I'm so conflicted. I'm in inter- right. inner turmoil. And these two, I don't think they was finishing. I thought it was like still in the middle. And yeah. Then, um, so so you know that's that. And so then we get a of course a knock on the door. The maintenance people want to <laughs> check the vents. Um, it was a gas leak or something. Yeah, yeah. something. And um, but of course it's Blanca. Um, and they're there to arrest Effie. And Effie's like, you know, Effie is caught off guard by it. Uh, Blanca basically tells uh, uh, Kane to shut up, or, or she'll arrest him too. Uh, they take her out to the car. And she was like, yo, she's confused. She's like, what's going on? You know, you know, you guys just busted me earlier today. I think it was the same day where they had just had her in handcuffs. And I'm legit. And she was like, no, this isn't for about drugs. This is for attempted murder. And then here go the window rolling down. And here go Lauren with a sassy comment. Why did they bring the victim to the damn arrest? Right. It doesn't make right. any sense. But she's like, yes, there's the bitch that tried to kill me. And, and then, did you see Kane's face? Oh yeah, it was so oh, funny yeah. to me. Oh yeah, his little squint. <laughs> and then he's like shocked. Yo, I had to rewind it like three times just to watch his face because it was just so funny when he comes outside and he sees Lauren is alive. And um, so of course Effie is arrested for attempted murder, the attempted murder of Lauren. Um, something they should have done a long time ago because I was like, that's the only evidence they even have that Lauren could possibly cooperate is the fact that she believes Effie is the one that tried to kill her. Um, so they couldn't get her with the the drugs, but they do have her for this attempted murder, and I guess that's the way they're going to try to continue to force the Rico. Uh, they couldn't flip Diana, but their next move is to try to flip Effie. You got any thoughts on on that before yeah. we get into the the final this, final scene? This was the hell Mary. Um, the the drug thing fell through. Um, but they're like, well, we can't let her, we can't let her mobilize with the rest of them. Like they know she's connected. Um, and they got one over on them. So it's like we had we let one piece go. We need to bring in another one. Um, so, you know, we we definitely have this on one of them. So, like, let's let's throw that Hail Mary. And, yeah, just like you said, like it made absolutely no sense to bring Lauren to the scene. I mean, well, no, like, there, you know, you take her to a facility so she can idea. But like, yeah, this is pretty much like, OK, well, now Lauren's really going to die um, because. Kane made her. Um, so that's going to mean that's going to make all hell break loose. 
uh, because he's going to let them know. He's going to let everybody else know that like, yeah. Um, and on top of that, this is like a little bit more comeuppance on Effie's part because she was given Tariq and Brayden hell for not being able to to kill um, to kill Lauren. Uh, but she she's the one ultimately who fumbled and it came back to to bite them in the ass more her specifically um, on top of that, no matter even though Kane is going to be Kane about this, he he has to eat this because as much shit as he gave Kane and uh, he gave Braden and Tariq about not taking care of Lauren, he big up Effie for doing it and she failed. And now that piece has come back to bite them in the ass. So it's like here we go. Um, what, you know, what happens, you know, what happens now? Uh, so yeah, this is going to be, this is going to be an interesting one because you get, you get a, a happy Blanca. Cause like, yes, like there's no wiggle room for this one. Like we, we definitely got this. Um, because L Effie did in fact try to kill Lauren. Um, there's no, like Effie's only options are hold it down or she got to give the, the boys up. Like that's it. Those are her only two options. Mm -hmm. And from there, oh boy, um, this was a this was a okay. Well, before we even get into it, um, this got spoiled for me. Oh how? Why? Uh, messing around on Facebook, and I'm usually careful. good. I'm usually good about it. And what pisses me off was how it was spoiled. Um, usually, I'm good at dodging. Somebody put. R.I.P. That's how the status started. Now, me and this person, we know like at least a hundred plus people together from band, marching band. Mm -hmm. So I see R.I.P. I'm immediately going to see, do I know this person? Because, you know, that's just life. You're not going to see an R.I.P. and immediately think, oh, this could be a TV show. Let me not read. And then later on, it's a real person. So like I read it and I couldn't. I was pissed. I was pissed because. It's one thing to, you know, type up a sentence and then lead into something like that. That's a dead giveaway. And it's just like it pissed me off that. The lack of self-control, you know what I mean? And this this happened yesterday. Um, well, at the time of this recording, this happened Saturday, early, early in the day, Saturday at that, which really pissed me off because I hadn't sat down to watch the um, the episode. Um, so I was furious. Um, somebody else kind of spoiled the, uh, the, uh, the Lauren roll down the window scene on Effie with a meme. Oh, they compared really? it yeah. to, uh, when Snoop pulled up on Jody <laughs> and baby boy in, uh, in Yvette's car. Um, so it's like, it's, and it, the thing that, uh, the other thing that made me mad was like all season people have been doing really well about like not speaking on it, the show until like that Monday, just in, you know, generally, but in, in usual today's fashion, People want to be the one to break the news. Um, and people were just fumbling all weekend. So, rant aside, uh, we get we get Theo walking uh Sax out to a um to the, the airfield, the heliport. And um I'm in my brain this is Theo he feels like he has another chance to make his sacrifice mean something again. Um, he has another chance to save Davis. Um, Sachs, to a degree, is a loose end. 
Um, of course, Tariq and Davis get there in the nick of time, but they can't quite get to him. Right. And they're pleading with him, like, look, there's enough, there's so many other ways we can take care of this. Um, but you got to remember that Theo is fueled by uh, doing the right thing. Well, the wrong thing for the right reason to save a loved one. And the fact that he he did try the treatments, but he was too far gone. So he wanted his last thing on earth, his last big act of life to be something that was meaningful. Um, and down goes Sax. He shoots Sax in the back. And because there is no, there's no going back and he feels that the treatments are a waste of time. And he's only got like, he said weeks to months, something to that effect. Down goes Theo by his own hand. Um, how did you, how did you feel? Yeah, I mean that was that was a a, a, a Charlie charged scene. I mean, it had a lot of uh, triggers. Of course, you know anybody who is dealt with suicide or suicidal tendencies, you know, protect yourself. Think about it. Like his was a little bit different than than the average person, I guess, because he just felt like he didn't have any hope uh, because of his medical diagnosis. Um, but yeah, I mean, after two series, at this point, I think it was almost like nine, ten years uh, across all the years. Um, Sax has finally get got his. Uh, we always was given, you know, we always complained because Sax was always getting away with everything. It seemed like no matter what happened, uh, about uh, uh, Angela got got hers. Uh, the other dude, Sandoval, he got his. Everybody who was a part, uh, Greg Knox got his. Everybody was a part of that task force originally that was doing a lot of shady stuff ended up getting some type of punishment for it. And it always seemed like Sax was always coming out kind of clean, uh, no matter what. Even when he finally lost his job, he ended up like going straight to work for Davis and getting even a higher salary and more profile. Uh, so it seemed like Saxon was never getting his like punishment for his horrible actions, and then he finally got it. Um, uh, uh, Sax, as annoying as he was, uh, I think that's a, a testament to the actor and also the character himself. So gonna be sad to see Sax go. As annoying he was, he was a great part of the show. Uh, but rest in peace, Sax. He's gone. Uh, he yeah. finally, his life finally caught up with him. Yeah, and I, I, I've been going on and on all season about how. Um, he's the one guy trying to do the right thing um, this time around. And but I also said that, like, yeah, at some point he's going to go down because essentially this is this is pretty much how Ghost went out. Like Ghost spent his entire series trying to get out of a life and escape, you know, his the demons of his past. Um, obviously, Sax didn't do anything as wild as as Ghost, but. Yeah, it was it was pretty apparent very early on that like with Sachs trying to be the white hat, it's it was just a matter of time before he he went down. And um, yeah, he was, you know, he obviously wasn't perfect. He wasn't a great person. He wasn't a, that good of a person. He had some good people moments. But um, this was yeah, this was a tough, a tough loss. Um, so down goes Sachs, down goes Theo. And um Give Method Man an Emmy, because Method Man was was doing some prime acting um, during this scene, like from start to finish, like the the you know just the anguish, the pain. Uh, he did. I feel like Method Man did a phenomenal job carrying out this um, this particular this particular scene. And of course, we end on um, <laughs> Tariq <laughs> with the fuck and just 
furiously storming off. Um, and that's where we, that's where we end. And, uh, this, this is, that's is what a big cliffhanger. So I looked ahead and they're taking a week off. Oh, they are? Okay. They're taking a week off. They always want to do after eight. Yep. I expected it around seven, but, um, I believe the next episode is not until the 19th. Uh, so overall, how did you feel about this episode? Like I said, other than, other than the Tate stuff, I think the episode was good. All the good parts, all the nice twists and turns. Um, so it was a solid episode. I would give it an A. I'm not going to be honest. I think they're setting up a lot of good stuff. I'm interested to see how this Effie story plays out. Um, is she going to flip? Are they going to be able to? Because technically, Davis has never worked for her. He's never represented her. Is he going to do it just for the fact that he's a part of the Rico? Is he in the mindset to help her after what just happened to his brother? Um, so I, I'm curious to see how they how they close it out. I'm mad we got to wait two weeks. Uh, but you're right, that is the norm. I think they normally get episode eight. It's usually some type of banger finish, and then they give us a little breathing before they finish out the last two seasons. I mean, episodes of the season. Uh, what's your final thoughts? Uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, in the the, you know, on the next episode, we get Kane doing his best impersonation of a well-adjusted citizen <laughs> uh, visiting her. So I'm curious to see how how this whole thing plays out with Effie. Uh, this is the first time she's been in a real that we know of that she's been in a real jam. Um, so, you know, that uh, we get Diana um, probably trying to actually separate herself from her parent. Well, not her parents, from her mother, uh, but also like still very much in this um, Drew and the the impending Castillo drama. Um, but, you know, it's been interesting about this episode and last episode. No Noma. Um, Noma and her henchmen have not bugged them once, mm-hmm. um, which is it's it it's interesting to wrap my finger. I can't really wrap my finger around it because I feel like I don't know. Maybe they'll maybe they'll call in a hail mary um, and enlist her help for something. Um, probably digging them in even more, you know, deep. But yeah, like they've they've had no presence. Um, but because they need to know that they're under that her whole team is under a RICO investigation. Well, her whole, you know, local team is under an investigation. So like the fact that they haven't been present these past two episodes and we got two more left, it's, it's, I'm interested to see what's going to happen when that comes back up, because they definitely didn't in this episode, they didn't mention anything about the daughter and try to make that move. Everything's been focused on the RICO. Um, so I'm, I'm really curious to see how that plays out. Uh, but yeah, uh, we get a week off and then it's the, the sprint for the finish line where I anticipate nothing but, but craziness. Um, overall, I'm going to give this episode an A as well. Um, any final thoughts before we head out? Nah, man. It's another good week. We'll see how it goes. All right. So like we said, um, they're taking a week off in that time. Um, if you haven't go back and, uh, get caught up with your boys. Um, even if it's just for fun and, um, be sure to follow us, uh, this, uh, this particular show on the PLP podcast on all platforms and my show, the off the clock podcast, OFFTHA clock podcast on all platforms. So as always, I'm one half of your host, Triple D. And with me as always is Carlos D. Thanks for kicking it with us and we'll see you guys next time.